This is the Friday, April 9th edition of the Daily Wager podcast. So settle in. We'll get you in and out under 10 minutes, as promised, with everything you need to know for tonight's NBA and Major League Baseball action. Welcome to the Daily Wager podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. I'm Doug Kazarian, joined now by Joe Fortenbaugh. And we got to check in on the voice. How you feeling, Joe? Voice is feeling good. Voice is feeling better. Voice will be feeling even better if Brooks Kepka finds his way into missing the cut today. No disrespect to Kepka. I'm a huge fan of his work. Just think that on that bum knee, he might want to take the weekend off. Yeah, I'm about a 2.84 with you. Uh, yeah, I've found a prop out there with you. Uh, I bet it a couple times and you know, he, he could have blown up. He had it right there. Um, maybe he might just have to withdraw. So we'll see. We don't want we want to take it easy. He's got a long career, nothing to force tonight. So we'll see what materializes. But let's get to the action. Look, there's a lot of options we can go every Friday. The golf action is underway, so we can't really talk about the Masters in terms of plays. But uh, we have some NBA, and you got a little Major League Baseball as well. So let's start firing. You're up first. Yeah, let's go to Madison Square Garden tonight. I'm going to lay the point with the Memphis Grizzlies over the New York Knicks. Love what the Knicks have done this season, but right now, this is the story of two teams heading in opposite directions. Memphis, very quietly, has been very good as of late. They've won five of their last six, and their last three wins have come by an average of 15 points a game against Philadelphia, Miami, and Atlanta. Now, on the flip side, the Knicks have lost five of six, And I'm starting to wonder whether or not they're running out of gas late in the season. We know how Tibbs likes to push his players. He likes his starters to play big minutes. I'm wondering if that's catching up with them late in the season, something to keep an eye on moving forward. Memphis is sixth in defensive rating, but get this, Doug. The Grizzlies are 19-7 and against the spread over their last 26 games. 19-7. and I'm embarrassed to admit I haven't even noticed that, but I've noticed it now, and I'm going to lay the point with them tonight over New York. Yeah, they really have been playing some good ball of late. It's going to be fascinating. They'll get into the mix of the uh, play-in game, you figure. And uh, I don't know. I I like this Knicks team. They were right down to the wire the other night with the Celtics. I haven't jumped on the fade New York train just yet, but I can't fault you at all. Uh, To your point, it does feel like two teams in opposite directions. Um, No real disagreeing with how bad Minnesota has been on defense this year. I was on them the other night because the Pacers were about three starters, all three of their big names, but they managed to give up a buck 41 to that Indiana patchwork squad. So, look, their fourth worst defensive efficiency, their indifference on D, their laziness on D all shines. Uh, so I'm taking Boston Celtics team total over 118 and a half. I think the Celtics kind of get right against this T-Wolves defense. Now, Minnesota might score a bunch as well. They got some weapons. D-Lo's back, although he's playing limited minutes. I don't want to bother with the game total over. So I'll just uh, capitalize on and isolate this Minnesota defense. Opponents shoot 48% from the field. That's second worst in the NBA. Nearly 39% from three. That's third worst. Uh, so just really Boston's going to kind of get right in this game, I think. So over 118.5 for a team total. Yeah, if you're rooting for the other team or you're rooting for lots of scoring like you are in this situation, you absolutely want D'Angelo Russell on the court. The splits for the Timberwolves when he's on the court defensively versus when he's not, it is embarrassing. It was the same thing at Golden State. He brings no defense to the table whatsoever. Now I'm hoping, I'm hoping we're going to see a lot of defense tonight in the Denver-San Antonio matchup because that's my second pick. I'm going to go under 220 and a half. You know where I'm going here. Some of the listeners know where I'm going, but some do not. 
This is the eighth time this season the Spurs are playing the same team in consecutive games. So, as for example, you know, they have Denver tonight. They had Denver two nights ago. They played the Clippers in a back-to-back. They played Sacramento recently in a back-to-back. This is the eighth time this season that it's happened. In game one of these matchups, Spurs games are averaging 231 points per game. In game two, they're averaging just 205 points per game. So the adjustments are being made on Greg Popovich's side of the ball. In those seven game twos prior to tonight's, the under is six and one. So like I said, it's the eighth time this season we've seen the Spurs play the same team in back-to-backs. Game one features a lot of points. Game two does not. Game two tends to go under. And when you factor in what Denver has been doing on defense ever since they've acquired Aaron Gordon, they were one of the worst defenses in the NBA. They are now up to 15th in defensive rating. I'm going to play Spurs Nuggets under 220 and a half. It's a really good find by you to signal that out because we've wondered. It's kind of a new approach for the NBA this year, right? With the right. Uh, kind of condensed schedule. We have this two-game series a lot. It's not home and home because they're at the same venue a lot of times. And it's a good find by you. And you're right about Gordon. He, you know, look, Jokic is not a rim protector. He's he, he's among the leaders in pass deflections. So he plays defense just in a different way, but they needed that rim protection. Gordon is sort of an athletic big that can help in that regard. Uh, I, I can get behind that play. Now, yesterday I talked about lukewarm plays. Of course, I go 2-0 and in them. But uh, I like all these plays <laughs> the same. I think Celtics are singled it out. Probably my best bet. But I have two more NBA plays uh, and a little bit of everything, uh, Joe. It's been a while. It's almost like that uh, that 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 old fling you can't, you can't forget about. So we're Do back it. on the Dray- Draymond Green train uh, yes. over nine and a, over nine and a half assists. Just when you think you forgot about him and you've moved <laughs> on, he sucks you back in. Look, the over under in this Warriors Wizards game is two forty. So clearly we're gonna have a lot of scoring a lot of possessions and a lot of pace, I believe. And Draymond, uh, we, we talked about it a bunch. He plays when Steph plays. They run the offense through him, especially after timeouts. They isolate him on the block, and they'll run spread action away from the ball, and he'll find, like, Ubre on the, the third cut, you know, pick and roll and uh, get a layup. It's just out there with Steph shooting what he shoots against this Wizards defense. There's probably four or five assists easy there just passing the Steph on the perimeter. And then he's going to do some other stuff. So I really like it over nine and a half. The juice is minus one hundred five. So I think we're in a good spot here with Draymond minus uh, minus oh five there on the over nine and a half. I would love now, it for you to go back through your records and find out how much money you have made on this prop over the last two months. It's remarkable. You know what's crazy is that the times he's gone under, I have not been on him. So I think I'm like, <laughs> I know. You know it's it's kind of like uh, Tyler and his uh, Russell Westbrook thing. It was like four or five and oh. I think I'm like probably six or seven and oh. So I think during that streak in the, of uh, February, I think I was on him three times. So uh, I think we're back on. I think it's a good spot. I have another play. Now the numbers come down. I'm a little disappointed, but uh, sort of a good sign, I guess. I, I like the whiz, excuse me, the Rockets plus 13 and a half. It's now 12. But here's the deal. It's a horrendous spot for the Clippers, right? Big win over the Suns last night. Talking trash. Going into the fourth. It was anybody's game. And uh, they pulled away a lot of hype. And then you get the Rockets in town. It's like, eh, you get double digits. Eh. I think the Rockets take this one down to the wire. I, I wouldn't even be shocked. I literally would not be shocked that they won the game. And I know that's a bold statement, but not too long ago, the Clippers got a big win over the Bucks, And then the very next night at home to Orlando, lost outright. This is a team that there's a reason they traded for Rondo. They needed that leadership, that, that veteran presence, that Kawhi's just too quiet. PG doesn't command the respect. 
there's still a work in progress. I like that now 12 points with the Rockets, a team that, yes, they were horrendous for that long losing streak, but that was without Christian Wood. He's back. They have some firepower. They play hard. They like their coach. I think getting 12 now, I probably want to go first quarter, first, you know, all that, but I'll just say plus 12. I think we're safe here. I think they're going to fight to the bitter end. I um, As I'm watching the Clippers beat up on the Suns late in that game last night, that's like the first thought that comes to mind. Who do the Clippers play next? And it turns out it's tonight, and it turns out it's against one of the league doormats. You, you, you smelled it out exactly like you should smell that out. The Clippers show up for these big games. They don't always win them, but they show up for the big games. And then for these duds that come afterwards, they don't even bother. So it's not going to surprise me at all if this one's competitive down the stretch. Yeah, I mean, look, it, there's an, obviously a chance the Clippers roll them, right? They Both PG and Kawhi play, and they just have the firepower. And it's really the Rockets' bench. Like, the starting lineup can hang with the Clippers. Like, they got some weapons. It's just the bench is no names. And look, that's why the line's there, but I'll, I'll grab the 12. I th- still think there's an advantage here. Let's get a little baseball in before we say goodbye for the weekend. And uh, not the type of baseball that's going to take you three or four hours. The type of baseball where you're in and out, just like this podcast, in 10 minutes. First inning bet. Atlanta Braves, Philadelphia Phillies, no, no run in the first inning. A little bit of juice here, minus 120 for good reason. Uh, Two right-handed pitchers going tonight. It's going to be Zach Wheeler and Charlie Morton. The Phillies have been average to slightly above average in most important metrics when it comes to right-handed pitching this year, or I should say hitting against right-handed pitching. The Braves have been awful against righties. They're bottom 10 in just about everything. Weighted on base average, weighted runs created. They're not hitting a lot of home runs. They have completely stumbled out of the gate. I'm pretty sure Pablo Sandoval is tied with Acuna for the home run league for the team, which is just insane that Pablo Sandoval is still in Major League Baseball. Zach Wheeler's <laughs> going to go for the Phillies. Uh, a gem of a first start against these Braves a week ago. Zero earned runs and in seven innings pitched. He had an ERA last year in the first inning of just 0.82. Opponents were hitting just 225 in the opening frame against Wheeler. So it's a great matchup here. He's in strong form. Charlie Morton didn't have a great start, but he's a ground ball pitcher. Even if he gets into a jam, I'm hoping he can get one of those inning-ending double plays. But again, like I said, the fills aren't fantastic against right-handed pitching, and Morton's a savvy veteran. After one bad start, I think we'll see some adjustments made here. So no run. Phillies Braves in the first inning, minus 120. Yeah, Morton's a gamer. He's not going to just give in, and he'll probably bring the infield in one of those situations. He's a tough cookie, so to speak. So um, I can get behind that as well. All right, my man, that's going to do it for us. By the way, I did a full UFC podcast on the Behind the Bets feed, so go check that out if you want to get a little action for Saturday's card. That starts bright and early, uh, 9 a.m. West Coast, uh, left hooks and lattes if you will. Ooh. So uh, not, not the night, even though it's on ABC, which is awesome. So, um, all right, man, that's going to do it for us, Joe. You have a great week and hopefully on Monday, your voice will be back to 100% restored, but it's obviously trending that way. So that's good to hear. And best of luck to everyone listening on the pod. Don't forget you uh, can go uh, download and rate review, subscribe, all that good stuff. It really helps us as we try to get this podcast launched as we promised under 10 minutes, we'll be back with you guys on Monday. <laughs>